to the extent that is the American Bar Association Business Law Section's podcast series. Our podcasts provide general information. They aren't a substitute for legal advice from a licensed professional. We offer both standalone and serial podcasts on a variety of topics and welcome your feedback and suggestions at ababusinesslaw.americanbar.org. We hope you enjoy your selection. I am Rick Paschkett, content guy for the business law section. And we are here with, to the extent that, the business law section podcast platform. Today's series is called Business Lawyers and the Rule of Law Live from the Hague. And this will be part one. And our host is Judge Elizabeth Stong. And Judge Stong is with a bankruptcy judge in the Eastern District of New York, sitting in Brooklyn. So Judge Stong is live at the Hague, and she will introduce our guest today. Judge Stong? Rick, thank you so much. It is such a pleasure to be coming to you literally and figuratively live from the Hague in the Netherlands, where we have just concluded a remarkable three days at the World Justice Forum. Our topic today is just so very important, business lawyers and the rule of law. Our venue, of course, live from The Hague, and our special guest and one of the featured speakers this afternoon on this subject uh, is John Stout, a, a business organization lawyer, if you know him in his professional capacity, a partner for many years at Fredrickson and Byron, a, a leader in the business law section with deep and broad experience, including, among other things, services, former co-chair of the business law section's corporate governance committee, the current co-chair of the section's CSR committee, the current co-chair, and this is a new initiative for the section of the uh, section's working group on the rule of law, and just in so many ways in the section and in lots of other places, a go-to person for thought and experience on business lawyers, the rule of law, how they connect, and why you should care. Um, I am going to take just a tiny step to the side for a moment and say, first, John, thank you so much for being here. A pleasure, and, Elizabeth. And, and I, want to, I want to say one thing about the introduction. I was actually the chair of the Corporate Governance Committee. Well, there you go. But the section was smart enough never to do that again. And so you're quite right. I was co-chair or am co-chair of the CSR committee and of the working group. So, so having seen the error of its ways. Oh, John, <laughs> having seen the error of its ways, it decided to keep appointing you to more leadership positions and not just any positions, but positions where the section has tried to establish and define the space and the opportunity for business lawyers to make a difference. And speaking of making a difference, I, I think a theme that you're going to hear today uh, is that uh, John's practice and John's work uh, near and, and, and not so near to his practice has really illustrated the idea that business lawyers can make a difference and sometimes in ways that you wouldn't expect, a message that we love to, to, to get out there. So I want to begin by asking John to tell us about something where there was a problem, he helped find a solution, and he did it using his business lawyer skill set, advising a nonprofit, helping to form it, 
the Wild and Free Foundation. John, tell us about the Wild and Free Foundation and how that was a, a business lawyer's uh, contribution to making a real difference in a very interesting way. Well, it was a, it was and is a great project that a young man, son of a person that I went to Carleton College with, came to me, and he had for a number of years been conducting safaris to um, various African countries. And he became quite passionate about African wildlife and particularly saving their habitat and particularly directing his energies towards saving the rhinoceros. At first, it was particularly the white, but then it just became the rhinoceri, period. And uh, so we agreed that uh, maybe the best way for him to pursue his passion was to create a 501c3 corporation so that contributions would be tax deductible. And we created the Wild and Free Foundation. Now, the difference that it made, originally, this person, Matt Bracken is his name, thought he would help uh, save the rhinos by training himself in their anti-poaching program. So he went through that. It's a little bit like going through basic training for one of the services in the U.S. And he went out on, uh, with, on a number of armed poaching patrols. Fortunately, he didn't have to shoot a poacher, but they did find some and encourage them to stop at that time. What he found after talking to um, some of the village elders in the area was that what they were missing in terms of occupying youth and young adults was soccer. And so he started a soccer league which connected a number of the villages along the boundary of Kruger National Park. And it was called, as you would guess, the Rhino League. And they played for the Rhino Cup Championship, these teams. Initially, he started with men's teams, and he had a dozen or so. And in further consultation, the villager, the village leaders, some of whom are females, said, you know, you're going to get a lot farther with keeping these young people away from poaching, young men away from poaching, if you get the girls and young women on your side, because if they join you in opposing poaching, believe me, they'll have a lot of influence over the conduct of the young men who seek their favor. And so he formed and and now has, I think, 12 or 14 women's teams who play also on the women's division of the Rhino League. And fun part being, my wife and I actually sponsor one of the women's teams. 
So that's been an added benefit. So here's the point. There was an existential threat. It was to the rhinos, especially the white rhinos. There was a a need and an opportunity for some straightforward business lawyering, creating an entity. And then there was an opportunity to think a little bit outside the box and not have a solution like, well, we'll just keep shooting at the poachers, but to try to come up with a more sustainable approach. Let's start a soccer league and then let's double down and really preserve and extend and expand the sustainability of this. Let's get not just the boys, but also the girls, not just the men, but also the women on board. And now there's a women's league. And of course, it's the Rhino League. Existential threat, business lawyer involvement, thinking outside the box, sustainable solution. Let's take these themes. Let's start with sustainability. I think we may end up with existential threat. John, I know something you think a lot about and in a very interesting way is the question and the interrelationship between sustainability, by which we mean a lot more than, you know, sort your recycling and the rule of law. So I want to unpack this. I want to give you the Rhino League's logline. Can the world's greatest game save the world's greatest animal? And of course, my answer is only with the help of the world's greatest business lawyers. Um, And there you have your sustainable solution to the existential threat of a problem. The world's greatest game, the world's greatest animal. I love that. Sustainability and the rule of law. You connect these in ways that are so interesting and so thoughtful. How do you define sustainability anyway? How should we be thinking about that? Well, we should think about sustainability as a group of letters, of course. We'll get to that. But also a set of values that orient around a number of subjects. So, for instance, ESG, Environmental, Social, and Governance, CSR. Corporate social responsibility. And by the way, I love the C in there as of corporate because we've been debating what the purpose of the corporation is. In other words, is it there just to serve investors or does it also uh, serve stakeholders? And this makes clear the vote is in for corporate social responsibility. And then following that, you have diversity, equity, and inclusion, which is the human capital part of the sustainability continuum, and uh, social justice and human rights. So there you get into, this is about sustainable activities directed at people. And that's the DE and I, diversity, equity, and inclusion, plus human rights and social justice. All of that making up the elements of what I think of as the sustainability continuum. Missing, however, is something that is intertwined with every one of the elements we just discussed. And that is the rule of law. And so, the rule of law. Based, yes, my next question. Tell yeah. us how you define the rule of law. Big, small words, big phrase. What do you think? 
How should a business lawyer think about the meaning of the rule of law? Yeah, not only a business lawyer, but how do the how should we think about it as applied to people and uh, you know and organizations, etc. But the bottom line is fair laws appropriately passed, in other words, fair laws fairly passed by legislative bodies, fairly administered, fairly adjudicated by an independent judiciary, and fairly enforced. So that comprises the rule of law. From my perspective, it's a it's not just a thing, it's many things that come together to help create a society, a rules-based society with rules that are people-based. And when you don't have that, and the conference we're at was put on by the World Justice Project. You can see all of this at worldjusticeproject.org. And the point of this is essentially sustainable rules. The issue here, and the conference has been addressing it, is that the World Justice Project, which analyzes the rule, the strength of the rule of law in multiple countries. This year, it was in 139 countries. And in most of those, well over 75% of the countries analyzed, the rule of law is declining and has been declining for a while. And in the United States, once upon a time, we would have been in the top 10 to 12, probably. And we have slowly made our way down into the bottom of the top 20, number 27 in this year's index, I think. And we're um, in a continuing decline, which will lead us into the top 30, if not this coming year's index. But shortly thereafter. So we have another entrance to the list of the sustainability issues or subjects, and that's the rule of law. We have a serious sustainability problem with respect to the rule of law. And if it keeps going, it will be a societal sustainability issue. Can we maintain our society and our democracy if we don't act to reinvigorate, support, rebuild the rule of law in the United States? And of course, um, per the conference Elizabeth and I are at, in the rest of the world as well. So we've unpacked sustainability. We find ES, we find a lot of acronyms, environmental social governance, ESR, corporate social responsibility, C, I'm sorry, ESG, CSR, diversity, equity, inclusion. That's the people part. 
social justice, that's the people in their communities, human rights, the same. We've unpacked rule of law, fair laws, fairly passed, fairly administered, fairly enforced by independent judges. Is there anything else you want our audience, our business lawyer, and maybe broader audience to be thinking about as we wrap up part one on how they should see, how we can see connections, connectivity between sustainability on the one hand and the rule of law? Are these really all different facets of the same bigger concept, bigger goal? If you want a short answer, I'd say yes. I think what we need to think about now is, okay, fine. We've talked about the problem. What are we going to do about it? What are we going to do about it? We're going to have part two. So please stay tuned. We'll be kicking off part two with a uh, provocative question, I hope. Why should a business lawyer care anyway? Thank you for joining us, John. Thank you for joining us for part one. Back to you, Rick. And thank you for a very fascinating discussion. And this will conclude part one. And I hope all our listeners will access part two. Thank you for listening to the ABA Business Law Sections podcast series, To the Extent That. The section offers a robust collection of content. To explore more about this topic, or to learn about joining the section, visit ambar.org slash bizlaw. That's B-I-Z-L-A-W.